0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the returning episode of the Overdrive Fells. and I'm sorry I've been away for quite a while here. I've been pretty inconsistent but uh, the main reason of that is my wife and I recently had uh, our daughter. Uh, she's almost seven weeks at this point now. Time's just been flying by so that's been taking up a massive part of my life and it's been great but uh, part of part of a sacrifice that needs to be made is uh not being able to make youtube videos for you all unfortunately but uh, i feel like i've gotten a nice balance of uh you know routine and uh grasp and handle on things so i'm gonna try and do these weekly we'll see how it goes but uh Let me know. Give me your your feedback. I want your input here. But uh, yeah, some great things to talk about uh, recently here. Uh, We're going to be getting into the the Robert Pattinson Batman news here. We had the the first trailer for Rambo Last Blood drop, I think, uh, yesterday or the day before. As well as uh, some John Wick stuff to talk about, I want to give you guys my thoughts on that film and just sort of uh, the box office that's going on with that movie. But uh, in other news, um, I guess I, I've been doing this podcast with my with my brother. It's called Abominations in Technicolor. I've mentioned it on the channel before, but I just kind of want to give you guys a a little bit of background on it if you haven't listened to it yet. But Basically, what my brother and I do is we take movies that were often overlooked. They may have been critically panned or they're just not talked about that much. So, recently we did uh, Team America World Police, which was uh, created by the the South Park creators. Uh, marionette Puppets meets like uh, a Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay type movie. It's completely nuts if you haven't checked it out, but... We basically just do a deep dive on the movie and uh, try and get some some, some behind-the-scenes stuff that maybe try and shed a new light on uh, a movie. So it might be a movie that you said, Psh, I don't want to watch that. That got shitty reviews. But we think there's there's some some meat on the movie that it's worth revisiting. So that's kind of what we're trying to do with Abominations in Technicolor. Check it out. I'll have a link down below in the description. You can you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I have it pretty much everywhere where most people listen to their podcasts. So check it out. I'll have a link down in the description. But first up, let's get into the big news here, everybody. So Robert Pattinson is officially... Batman now, is how it always is with uh, with Batman, and I guess mainly it's just like Batman characters, like casting news, whether it's Heath Ledger as the Joker, uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, and now we have. Robert Pattinson as Batman. It's like there, there's always a, a controversy. Like people putting up petitions and all that good stuff. But uh, petitions are, are are stupid as far as like trying to rebel against casting or like TV shows. We saw that recently with Game of Thrones. But yeah, it's official. The dude signed on the dotted line. Um, he's going to be in Matt Reeves' superhero movie Called, well, quote-unquote, The Batman. That's still not official that that's the title. But we're all assuming that's what they're going with. Uh, June 25th, 2021. Still still over two years away at this point. Um, but also in the running for that role was uh, Nicholas Holt. Who we know as Beast from the, the recent X-Men movies. He was also in the, the Tolkien movie. Which came out, I think, maybe a month or so ago. I haven't been able to check that out, but I really like Nicholas Hoult. I mean, he had a small role in Mad Max Fury Road, which I thought was great. I think he's a solid actor. As far as the two of these guys, though, I don't really know if they're the ones that I would have chosen to play Batman. Um, I mean, one guy that I thought would have been perfect to play Batman and Bruce Wayne was... Uh, Army Hammer. I just like. I look at that guy and I just see that's like Bruce Wayne. That's a dude he that could just totally play Batman. He has that deep kind of like Bruce Wayne Batman voice, and he's like six foot four. I just thought that guy was like the ideal human specimen to play Batman. But I don't know. Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers decided to go with Robert Pattinson. I mean. I think the guy's an incredible actor. Like I said, he's not my first choice to to play this character, but I'm I'm completely fine with it. And part of that, a few of those reasons are uh, the guy's just an incredible actor. Um, Most people haven't seen his recent stuff within like the last five years or so. They just know him from playing Edward Cullen from Twilight. And I mean... Even with the Twilight franchise, I don't really blame Robert Pattinson for any of the problems with those movies. That just really comes down to the the direction and the writing was just god awful in those movies. Kristen Stewart was really bland in those, but I don't blame Robert Pattinson. He just kind of got he just kind of got typecast as this like teen. melodramatic actor, uh, from the Twilight franchise, so, but if you haven't seen any of his recent stuff, like, check out Good Time, that came out maybe a year or two ago at this point, that dude is phenomenal in that movie, uh, he was also in The Lost City of Z, and, uh, he's not, like, the, the main lead of that movie, I think Charlie Hunnam is in that film, but he's extremely good in that movie, or, like, The Rover, um but this guy's been slowly building this kind of like indie portfolio of his acting chops and the guy's just killing it lately he it was even recently announced that he would be the one of the leads in Christopher Nolan's upcoming film i think that comes out in 2020 called The Tenant um yeah, and there's this other smaller movie that I think he's doing with Willem Dafoe that comes out later this year called The Lighthouse and that was getting like extremely good re- reviews. So, you know, like what I've learned as far as like the Ben Affleck and the the Heath Ledger stuff that we've experienced like have some faith in the filmmakers and I'm going to I'm going to step back and I'm going to trust these guys that, you know, I think his acting chops are good, but can he sort of, he's a pretty scrawny guy. I think he's fairly tall, but can he fill in that bat suit? you know, that Batman outfit? We'll see, but I have faith. I'm looking forward to it. I can't visualize him, like, kicking ass like a bunch of goons in an alley or, like, I can't really visualize that right now, but I have faith in the filmmaker. So let's hope they can they can pull it off. But moving on, the first trailer for uh, Stallone's what is what what Rambo movie is this? Is this like Rambo six at this point? Um, Rambo Last Blood. Now, I'm really looking forward to this. And this is sort of like. Watching this trailer, I really got sort of a send-off vibe for this character. You know, similar to, like, uh, Logan with Hugh Jackman. It really has that vibe, this kind of, like, modern, western kind of vibe to it. And even going back to the the first Rambo, which I don't know what that when that came on at this point. That was either, like, 81 or 82, somewhere in there. Um, and, I mean looking back at that movie it's you know this this war vet walking back into a town and just sort of being like not accepted by the law enforcement there and that's sort of a western kind of story if you really look at it and you know i think sylvester stallone he's been doing a lot of kind of like b-movie stuff a lot of stuff that goes like straight to vod schwarzenegger's been doing that as well it seems like a lot of these like Actors that were really popular in like the '80s and '90s are sort of having to do a lot of that stuff for whatever reason. But all of Stallone's performances in the Creed movies have been insanely good, uh, especially that first Creed movie. It's a shame the guy didn't win a Best Supporting Actor for for that film. But I mean, you know, the action's going to be good. It's going to be violent. It's going to be gritty. Um, let's just hope they I think what they're leaning into with uh, Rambo Last Blood is a, a send-off for the character he'll probably die at the end of the movie but I just hope it sort of wraps up all of these Rambo flicks that we've seen over the the last few decades what is it over 30 years at this point almost I think we're approaching it'll be 40 years in just a couple of years for uh this Rambo franchise so it's crazy to think about that but you know, I just think it's going to be a nice send-off for John Rambo. So let's hope they can pull it off. Um, the director for Rambo Last Blood is... What was his name? Adrian Grunberg. And he doesn't have a ton to his sort of filmography here. Uh, well, I guess maybe I'm wrong. It looked like uh he was second unit director on Apocalypto and Man on Fire. And directed Get the Gringo. So... Um Mel Gibson was in Get The Get the Gringo, and uh Mel Gibson directed Apocalypto, so he has some ties to uh Mel Gibson there, and uh Get the Gringo had some really good reviews. I think that was pretty highly praised. Not that it was like a big hit or anything like that, but uh it seems like uh a, a pretty solid track record for the guy. Not that he's done a lot of big stuff, but um, you know, that makes me a lot more excited that they have not just some guy that's kind of a rookie. um, He's getting a a bigger property to sort of work with with uh, the Rambo franchise. So let's see what he does with it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it comes out in like October, November, later this year. So let's hope it's good. Now, I want to give you guys my thoughts on uh, John Wick Chapter 3. The John Wick franchise has become sort of... It's almost, in a way, like a rebirth of action flicks from the past. Like, uh, what was it? Chad Stahelski, who's helmed all three of these. The first John Wick movie he co-directed with David Leach. He went on to direct uh, Atomic Blonde, starring Charlize Theron. And uh, after that, he went on to Deadpool 2. But Chad Stahelski's helmed all three of these things. And... I think over the course of these three films, they've gotten they've gotten better. Maybe not in terms of story, but in terms of like the filmmaking, the the fight choreography, the gun I think everything I think everything except for the story has gotten better in these movies. Now, that first John Wick movie, it's pretty streamlined. They started off with, you know, the death of his dog and uh you know his car stolen. You really get that emotional attachment, and that sort of feeds the entire feeds through this entire franchise, even into this third John Wick film. You you still feel those sort of those emotional ties to this guy, and you're rooting for him, but just the action alone in these films is just insanely mind-blowing like i still can't believe with what the stuff they're able to pull off in these these movies it's just some of the most ridiculous just martial arts stuff and i know that like you you i think there was a couple of guys from the raid that were in like the one of one of the fight scenes towards the end and It's just ridiculous. (laughs) I I don't know how Keanu Reeves at like 53 years old or is he 55? He's somewhere in there. He's he, I think he's in his mid fifties, how this guy is still able to pull this stuff off. And I mean, you have this franchise that I think it made like $80 million worldwide for the first John Wick movie. And it's, it's, Approaching 200 million dollars worldwide for John Wick 3, so it shows that this franchise has really sort of grown over the the home video market. People are checking this out on streaming services, and uh, whether it's on like Netflix or HBO, they're checking this out, and it's building its audience, which I think it's great. And they don't make these movies for a ton of money; it's maybe somewhere between like 20 and 50 million dollars. They really sort of rein it back. Um, And that's great with the action stuff. It feels real. And after seeing John Wick Chapter 3, well, I guess after seeing Avengers Endgame and then going into a movie like John Wick Chapter 3, it's like, man, this is just so refreshing watching just uh, sort of bare bones, you know, action movie where it's guys, you know, doing martial arts and, you know, sequences where keanu reeves is actually reloading all of his weapons um and they're not they even take into account like how many bullets each each magazine has in it and uh there's just a lot of detail when it comes down to the fight scenes the the choreography the gun foo. it's just all extremely well done and it's it's just great to see sort of uh, the box office represent that, and I, like the story is not the greatest thing. I think uh, these last two, John Wick Chapter Two and the third one, they're sort of they're sort of starting to get a little bit convoluted. But and at the same time, I like the world building they're starting to do. It's it's not as uh, grounded as the first one. It's I don't know. It's just. Just the world building is, it's very interesting with what they're doing with the story, and I dig that. But I can also see how some people have issues with that, where it's starting to get kind of cartoony. And the performances, mostly in John Wick Chapter 3, especially, there's one character, he's, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's in Double Dragon. He's uh from... Iron Chef America, the 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 TV show, and he's pretty cheesy throughout John Wick Chapter Three, and that's kind of one of my issues with that film. But just overall, I've just been, you know, had had an awesome time watching all three of these these uh, John Wick movies over the years. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. The action alone is worth the worth the cost of renting it or wherever you need to watch it. So I I check it out or I recommend checking it out. So I hope you guys enjoy. But last up, we have a viewer question here. Uh, this is from James Lohmeyer. How soon until we see the X-Men in the MCU? I really want to see those characters, but how do you explain the whole mutant thing? And what about Magneto's origin? He'd be 90 years old. Yeah, so that's one of the big things people are are wanting. It almost feels like too soon, especially after Avengers Endgame. Uh, is sort of wrapped up the, I guess a lot of not a lot of them, but a few of the main character storylines. Uh, I don't I don't want to go into spoilers if you haven't seen it, but most people have seen this movie by now, but. Um yeah so a lot of people are just they 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 just want the X-Men or they want the F- Fantastic 4 but Kevin Feige who's been helming the MCU he's never been too quick to to sort of make um choices like that everything's been sort of planned to a T you, you know what i mean so i think it's probably going to be at least a few years i mean it might Like, I guess, phase four might phase four is probably already planned. So that's what, four years or something like that. So it's probably going to be four to five years until we see the X-Men in the MCU. Now, in terms of Magneto's origin, yeah, you're absolutely right. Magneto would be if you go with the classic origin where he's a a survivor of Auschwitz, the Holocaust. I mean, yeah, the guy would be in his 90s at this point. Um so how do you if you go that route how do you are you gonna introduce a magneto who's 95 years old? I mean I don't think that would be the best choice. So do you go with a different sort of event that we've experienced in the world some horrific event because that, that's sort of what you have to inst- like ingrain in um, Magneto. He needs to have that experience that makes him despise humans. And um, I, I don't think you can go with the classic origin. Um, so I, I don't really have an answer of what they should do. Um, I just think that if they went the classic route, I don't think it would fit into the current MCU. Um, and yeah, that's a big question. And how do you even go about the mutant stuff? Like even in the MCU at this point, they've sort of, what do they, they've called them like enhanced, even like, uh, Wanda, uh, Scarlet witch there, she's not considered a mutant. She, her powers were, they came from, uh, the mind stone, which was one or no. Yeah, it was, it was from Loki scepter, which then went into visions, uh, Vision's head. Um so yeah, she doesn't even have the the "quote unquote" like classic mutant powers from the comics that she had. So it's all kind of a mess, you know. The whole MCU wasn't, you know, the foundation of the X-Men wasn't there from the beginning. So it's like, well, how do you retroactively, you know, weave that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point? And it, it could be messy. I think they just need to do it carefully and slowly and You know, well thought out, which, you know, I think Kevin Feige will do that. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll take their time. But I think the Fantastic Four is a lot easier. You could just have them, like, go out into space and get their powers that way. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And and like uh, everyone else out there, I'm excited to see, you know, Wolverine alongside uh, whether it's like Black Panther or the Incredible Hulk that would be nuts. So, uh, I, we just need to be patient and wait it out, unfortunately. So, but, uh, thanks for the question, but guys, that's it for this episode of the overdrive falls. If you have a topic or a question you'd like to send in, just write it down below in the comment section. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time.